And this is Dan from The Iceman, and we're here to talk about uh, our product that we're using to put these uh, podcasts together. We're super excited to be using Anchor FM. It's a spot. It's a product that comes from Spotify, and it makes making podcasts so simple. Any of you looking to make your own podcast, check out Anchor FM to find your podcast options. Sponsored by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning back in. We appreciate it. Today, we decided to do something a little bit different, and we've just gone. We're just going to have some shop talk. One of the things that I love about Tuned Up is coming in and just just talking, just having the conversations with the people in the shop, and it's kind of fun. So tonight, we've got a bunch of guests in. We've got Jacob Gatz. We've got Kenny. What's your last name, Kenny? Spragle. So I was going to say Spragle, so I'm glad you corrected me. And then we've got Kelsey Larson, our resident uh, girl. So welcome, Kelsey. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start. Uh, Kenny, I want to I mean, tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do here at the shop. So I guess I'm a jack of all trades, I guess. Uh, my main role would be wrapping the rods, so putting the thread on the line, and then doing uh, sales uh, for when you, customers walk in. Yeah, front store. Yes, exactly, Dan. And you also do, but gui- you do guiding. You you guide up the rods. Oh yeah, yeah. I guide up the rods. I you know do a lot of the quality checks too, and like I said, jack of all, master do you do any of hand- few. Any handle building. What do you do? Any handle building? Some. Some. Yeah, most. It's, open water in years prior except for this last year uh covid interesting story yeah covid covid made things a little bit crazy around here covid split the shop up all over the upper region of the metro yeah it was bad news it was very bad news a small shop it was very hard to function during that time Um, one of our crucial roles kelsey does um kelsey you have to tell people about what you do because it's kind of an unconventional job I mean, other than managing the chaos of a bunch of middle-aged men. <laughs> middle-aged? You think I'm in the middle here? <laughs> okay, maybe over the That's middle. A, I was going to say, thank you. <laughs> over the hill? <laughs> All right, Kelsey, what do you do? Um, well, my main job is prepping. So I make sure the quality of the rods is good with like the thread on how that looks um, and everything is the right color. And then I have to write if you get anything personalized. Otherwise, if it's just a stock rod, I throw um, a sticker on it with, like, the length and what kind of rod it is, the make of it, or the, like, style. Um, And then I usually pass that down to somebody else, and then they align it after that. Um, I do a lot of different things with... I do, like, the reels as well in the winter where I change out the washers in there, and I do... A bunch of inventory stuff and organizing and just a lot of putsy work, but mainly it's prepping. So I 
yeah, I put the stickers and everything on every single rod in the shop. But if you go back and look at our rods, how long have you been here? Three or four years? It's been almost four years. Yeah, if you go back prior to Kelsey and look at the handwriting on the rods. Let's not talk about that. It's not the same. No, I mean, I personally used to write on a lot of rods. No. I don't unless it's absolutely And you did needed. a decent, I mean, you did a good job. It People don't understand. You're writing on something that is, you know, basically eighth inch. It's like three pen head widths. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's round tiny. And it's slippery. So well, yeah. depending on the rod, there's so many different, like some of them are slippery. And then the other ones like grip and like you scratch the blank if you write too hard. It's all like the pressure and everything that you do with the writing plays but into effect. The way that you're able to get people's names on there and get the length written on there when you need to it um it it definitely adds like a professional look to it you know i think it's all pretty standardized too like i mean if you go look at those personalized rods all the handwriting is the same yeah there's no variation in anything you got one person doing it and she does a great job with it it's it's awesome yeah and then you've worked through a lot of our employees work as you know they're college kids or they're in high school and kind of coming up through and then they work for a couple of years or and then find a different role i mean and kelsey was kind of a unique story um one night she was here and basically i was super frustrated with writing on rods and i was like here can you i mean she's here with a friend and i was like here can you write on this and and she wrote it and i was like huh hmm. well um, here's a cart full of rods and you're hired. <laughs> Let me check you're, the budget. You're not leaving until this cart's done now because it's going to take me three days. Um, but you know, it, it, it's an art. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're still that kind of custom manufacturer so we can write whatever people want on there within reason. And Kelsey, you're kind of a, a unique employee in that fishing's not necessarily one of your main hobbies. Definitely not. I have no idea anything like if, somebody comes in here and asks like something about the rod i can give you the basics to it but i cannot sell somebody a rod with but you're getting into knowledge. it a little I mean, bit better you're you're, you're you've gone fishing mm-hmm. you have a couple rods i have one okay. open water rod so, all right there but, we go. <laughs> yeah i'm definitely more open water than i am ice rod i mean and, ice fishing and that's that is unique in the shop where a lot of most of the employees in in the shop are they're they're fisher they're they're fisher people first and then they and they come seeking a job so they can get discounts. It was a very different path to <laughs> yeah, path to employment. For she's Kelsey. probably the only shop employee that actually makes money at the shop. Yeah, versus doesn't just use your discount. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know what? That it seems like every episode that has to come up in some way or form. Dan, but do you still owe money? I'm currently square, but there's some things up front that I've got my eye on. So we'll see. <laughs> It'll go backwards. We'll see how long about that lasts. Ten minutes after this podcast is done. You know, people people need stuff. No Get, broken rods either, right? Kenny? Kenny, you can't say come, anything. Kenny, I mean, come on. We, we all fish, and Kenny uh, did. You, oh. you, you do have to tell people you did lose a few rods this year. You're, you're right. I, I lost two rods over the side of the I'm boat. S- I'm sorry. Didn't you didn't you break it? them. You you lost them? They fell out of the boat. I thought the boat flipped. I thought no. it was a pond. Didn't you flip your canoe? No, no, no. It was not a canoe. Um... So I went fishing with a coworker um, at a, my full-time job, and we uh, uh, took a sharp turn to avoid some things, 
and as the, water typically has things in it. Yes, with it being a bass boat, my my rod tips I believe were in a safe direction, and enough water caught them to pull them out of the boat. So, do you still believe they were in a safe direction? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you're not going to repeat this. <clears throat> it won't ever happen again. So yeah, I, I maybe break a few rods, but I don't think I've ever had any go over the side. If anyone's fishing Linwood Lake and catches two uh, tuned-up custom rod open water rods, one with an Akuma reel, seven-two, uh, medium extra fast, and a uh, oh, what's the baitcaster reel? Uh, the baitcaster rod that we uh, don't ever push super hard, but we well, if it's a baitcaster tuned up, uh, that's mine. Reach out. I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, Take them back. Is a reward offered? <laughs> I might toss in a free ice rod. I would oh. just keep them. <laughs> That's a good call. A good call. Good call. Well, they've been sitting in there for a little while, so they're probably getting a little crunchy. All right, about so Jacob, six months. <laughs> Jacob, tell us your role. Well, before my hiatus of having a child, which um, you know, I kind of did a did a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I can I can certainly do some sales if I need to, um, but did a lot of washers, did a lot of drag washers. Um, so, I mean, if you buy a, a reel uh, from us here, um, we actually swap those drag washers out, regrease everything up, and and make it nice and smooth for you. It's not they're not the standard washers um, that come you know off the shelf. Um, so that's an awesome upgrade that you get when you do buy a reel from from us here. Um, I do a lot of that. Um, I don't do any wrapping or anything like that. Um, I, and I, admittedly, I haven't tried. I don't think I have the the fine motor skills and the attention to detail that uh, these guys here do. So um, just a little bit of everything. Can and that, that's a lot of what happens here is just someone has to do little stuff that has to all has to come together to make the shop operate and. And if people were just always in one particular lane, we'd all go nuts. I yeah. mean, and the the cool thing about the shop environment, it's what people don't realize it's a it's a boom bust cycle. So I mean, wintertime we're real busy, and we need a little bit of extra help all over. So we have people, friends that we call in. They can kind of just jump in, work for a couple hours a night for a month, and then we catch up and we're we're good to go. So we really rely on the the family and friends to help out that busy season and not, you know, not tax everybody a ton. Yeah. And it works. Yes. It's worked well. It's worked very, very well. Okay. Let's play some games here. So my younger brother, Johnny, who, uh, it was his idea for the podcast. Yes. Just ask him. He'll tell you. He sent over a list of questions. So, Let's go for it. You want to go for it? I'm, I'm game because okay. I don't know what this list of questions is. You don't know. Like. It's going to be new for everybody. Are we going to get HR involved? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you didn't, you're, this is not going to be something that will upset Liz, I promise you. All right. That's, that's all I'm concerned about. I, I don't know if Kelsey is going to be able to participate a ton because it does have a lot to do with fishing. I'll sit on the sidelines. You know what? She probably knows more than we want to admit because she's She like, probably knows more than she wants to admit. She's like a sponge over there. She just listens to all our... What's... Quality conversations. Yeah, um, just some that we have to bring up to HR. You think she puts in her earbuds and then just uh, it doesn't actually play anything? And she's just constantly taking mental notes of what's being said? Maybe. I mean, that would be terrible because there's so <laughs> many bad comments. That, I mean, everyone's it's not, got it. No, it's not bad. We're, no, but I mean, like, it, some of the stuff about 
just our lives in general are, you know, it's a bunch of guys. Okay. Question number one, you're in the house, you're fishing. It's not going well. Do you have a magic secret superstitious something that you do that is going to be the game changer? Fishing's bad. You need, you need to pull out a Hail Mary. What's your, what is your move? Do you have a lure? So can we talk about, can we talk about open water? Cause I, I legit have one weird thing about open water mm-hmm. that I do. Yeah. So I have this wooden head and lure. Um, it's gotta be from the sixties. You know, it's, it, it's all wood. It's missing both eyes. There's zero paint on it. But I literally, if I'm having a bad day, I put that lure on, troll with it for, I swear it's two minutes, hook a walleye every time I put it back in the box after I'm done, everything's good. It's your guarantee. It's my guarantee. It actually has its own special place in the glove box. It doesn't go in any normal tackle boxes. It's kind of, it's been in my family for for 60 years. Um, I like it. It's just a cool lure. It's a good one. It's a good one. Kenny, how about you? Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) Holy smokes. Did not expect that one. (laughs) But it makes sense. (laughs) Um, So, like, I mean, you watch Sesame Street? Is that what you're saying? Back when I was a kid, real little kid, um, I remember, it's Kurt and Ernie, right? Bert and Ernie. Bert Bert, and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. I don't remember which one. A few too many hits to the head. Bert is the one that has the pointy head. And the rubber rubber ducky one. Ernie's the football head. No. Okay. Oh, it's Ernie's rubber duck. Ernie. Ernie is the football head. Bert is the tall, is the pointy head. So then it's Ernie, I believe. I remember as a kid, there was a a skit or whatever, uh, where he's in a boat saying, here, fishy, 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 bite on my hooky. Kid you not. That's, I, if I'm in a tough spot, that's what I start doing is. Does it work or are you just imitating? I've had it work so many times. Okay, good. So that's my go-to. Jacob, do you have one? I wouldn't say I have a go-to. I mean, I typically, I don't know if I have ADHD or ADD, but I typically get up and move. <laughs> so you just actively try to find fish. I mean, if, if something's what a not unique, happening. What a unique strategy. If something's not happening, I'm gone. I, 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 I can sit if it's going, but if it's not going, I'm gone. I mean, is it a superstition if you like actually work hard and it pays off? No, I mean, you could throw money down the hole like I, a few of my family members do. We're going to get to stuff going down the hole. That's another question coming up. Here it is. You ready? Yeah. Here's what you need. Okay. Fishing's not going so well. It's been a while since you've had a bite. You put on a little bit of George Michael, Careless Whisper, and before the last note, you're going to mark a fish. You're not going to necessarily catch it, but you'll get a mark. In that four and a half minute song. Now, it cannot be the remake. It's got to be George Michael's version. George Michael, Careless Whisper. And if it doesn't work, you've still just got done listening to George Michael's Careless Whisper. Do you have a, do you have a second song? I mean, do you, if that if that's not going, do you got a backup song or are you just no. one and done? No, I mean, in jo- Vita Gata or something I, like that. Some 30 minute song. In a, in a Gata de Vita. Yeah, yeah, but what in a Gata de Vita. I mean, you follow up with Don't Stop Believing. I mean, like, you can follow up with whatever you want, but in that four and a half minute window, you're going to get a mark. All right. 60% of the time works, works every, every time. time. So, Kelsey, do you have a do you have a superstitious with fishing? No. Good call. Good good answer. Good this answer. is usually what her answer for everything <laughs> shop related. She just shakes her head and is like... You get like two syllables. Yeah. Nope. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. Okay, next question. 
Okay, so you're in a house, you're fishing with multiple people, all right? You're either in a hub or you're in a, you know, a large flip over or you're in a hard-sided house, you're out on the ice. Is it proper fishing etiquette to call out a mark when you have a mark on your screen? You get a mark, is it, is it proper etiquette to say, got a mark? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. Really? Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm, to, one, it's one for all. In a house, I mean, you can't move. You're in a. You've got your hole. I mean, if we're sitting in the otter and you know we're sitting next to each other in the flip over, we're always looking at each other's screens. But if I'm sitting in a hub, and you're not moving, you're in the hub. That's where you are. Or a wheelhouse, and my screens we're all backs to the wall, and my screen is away from everybody. There's no way I'm calling that. Really? No. Wow. I mean, until uh, yeah, it's one for all. Okay. All right. Kenny, how about you? I 100% agree with Jacob. Really? Absolutely. Until I have that fish on my hook, I won't say a word. All right. John? I have to disagree because usually I fish with my kid or my dad or my brother. Um, I got to call it out and start giving them all crap that I'm seeing something that they're not. I'm team call out, and it's because if I'm in a house and, you know, if we're in a 17-foot house and there's four holes in the corner... I say I got a mark. Everyone else knows. Okay, we got to tune in here. It's gonna, you know, pay attention. There's stuff in the area. Well, my yeah, my thought. It's more than one fish rolling through. Yeah, and it's like you got a whole school. It's like, hey, everybody, you know, pay attention. Grab your fishing rod that's been laying on the side of the couch or whatever for four hours. Um, actually, pay attention for something. Okay, similar question, similar can, vein. Hold thought. on, before okay. we move on. Yeah, can I add to mine? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. No. Typically, I'm fishing with either a. a a best friend that's very familiar with fishing or with my father grew up fishing you know same thing same scenario we're always looking at each other um if i'm taking someone else out that's brand new or doesn't know a lot absolutely call it out and get them i i'll put them first do you think that you're gonna catch the fish if you don't say anything and the other person doesn't know about it nope absolutely not i won't I don't believe I will catch that fish, but I will try my darndest to catch it. Okay, Jake. Yeah, to piggyback on that, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're fishing for. Are you going to call a walleye? Let's say you're sitting on Mille Lacs and you're fishing with, you know, in a house with three, four You've guys. You've rented a sleeper house out of Twin Pines on Mille Lacs and you've been there for 24 hours and you've caught two fish because it's March and, the, and it's just tough. And you get a mark, you're going to sit there quietly and try to fish that fish while everyone else is sitting around? Probably for, you know, 10, 15 seconds. I mean, it's all situational. If, okay. I'm, if I'm fishing walleyes, probably not. But if you're on a, if you're on a panfish bite, I'm not going to call. I mean, it's, it, they're two completely different fish, and sure. they act way different. And if you're calling panfish all the time... I mean, they. I mean, all fish school in a sense, but I'm not going to call a walleye. I'll probably call a panfish because okay. more likely to more to follow. Gotcha. What if we're doing lake trout fishing? You know, you see one scream through the screen. The screen. I'm always saying, "Hey guys, mark mark flying through," because that means there's active fish. And you kind of say, "Hey, they're coming in at 40 feet," because People half the get time, excited. You, well, I if I see a laker mark, I'm jacked for the next half hour like what if you're musky fishing and you get a follow you gotta scream that out yeah i'm usually talking about it for the next 
That's the story. Legit. Yeah. Musky fishing is all about how many follows you got. It's yeah. not how many M- fish you got. Musky fishing is a completely different ball game, though, in, in my opinion. But I'm one of the crazy people that tries to do it with a fly rod. Well, I'm a caller. I'm a caller. So I guess, okay, good. That's, Follow-up question. Similar? Two to two on that two one. Two to two, yes. Well, you know, Kelsey's the ultimate decider. She's the tiebreaker, but I don't, I don't know so, if she's going to. Come on. You, you, you got, yeah. Are you going to tell your friends that there's a fish coming in, or are you going to be all, you would probably be quiet and not say anything and then giggle like crazy when you catch it. No, I'd definitely say something. Yes. Nice. See, I, right. I, I, I was going to call that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Follow up. When you hook up a fish, when you've, when you've got the hook in the fish, do you announce that you've got a fish on or do you just somehow magically sit there holding a fish? What, when do people know that a fish has been caught? I do the Jeremy Wade. Fish on, fish on. Yeah, right away? That, that's, yeah. Me too. Right that's away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jacob. I think the first thing I yell is get the net, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I Yeah. I, mean, I got a rule I'll, in my boat that if you do not call fish on, I'm going to be upset with you. I'll call fish on, and then you'll get the net as yeah. loud as I can. Yeah. I've got a buddy that I fish with, and every time I fish with him, he just, you'll be talking, and you'll just be having a conversation, and the next thing you know, he throws a crappie at you, because he caught it, and you had no idea it happened, and all of a sudden, you get hit in the back of the head with a crappie, and you're like, ah, I don't like that. I had that call happen fish. Um, on Leech Lake. It was a real cold week, and a buddy and I were fishing up there, and I went outside to stretch and he threw a sizable walleye about a 20 incher out the ice house and hit me like in the chest with it and he's like there's a fish and didn't say a word I'm like, Wait. and i'm just opening the door and it just a fish comes flying out everybody's like what in the world are you doing i'm like i don't know i just got a walleye that hit me that's awesome yeah that leads me well into the next question okay you ready i'm ready okay best practical joke you've seen played while ice fishing i have a legit best practical joke so every year um we a few years back we used to go to lake of the woods with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law it was my business partner so we're up there and his dad falls asleep in 10 seconds so we always pull up his line throw a a depth bomb on his jig because he always fishes with a bobber, so you give it a little teardrop or yep. a little demon with a minnow, hook it on there, and then you know his bobber's sunk. You yeah, know, it's three feet. So we wake him up. Hey, Greg, Greg, you got a bite? You got a bite? He goes, oh, and he sets the hook all crazy, and I, it's it, and it happens like four times Works a day. Every time. Like every time he falls asleep, we we tell him that. So that's, I think that's the best one. So I've got one that's really similar to that, but I think I top it. So this is a very elaborate story, okay? So bear with me. So as, as you know, I'm a teacher, and the cu- couple of guys I teach with also are big-time fishermen. Well, we had it happen one time where the kids were getting ready for recess, and it was winter, so the kids were putting on all their jackets and all their um, snow pants and all of their gear, and there's just a big jumble of kids and, and activity. And then all the kids are dressed and they go outside. And sitting in the middle of the hallway is a woman's nightgown, like lingerie, that had fallen out of some kid's coat. So obviously <laughs> they had washed it. Like they had washed the two things together. Okay, I, I get that because when you have kids, you have underwear hanging out all kinds of places <laughs> so so my my 
my coworker, my teacher buddy, took it, brought it ice fishing. Wow. So and, this, this is why uh, the teachers have a, a different sense of and humor. And when, when the other guy went outside to, to go to the bathroom, reeled up his line, hooked the nightgown onto it, <laughs> dropped it down the hole, had the bobber sink to the bottom. So he comes in, he's like, oh, I got a fish. Sets the hook, reels it up, women's lingerie. I have a, a weird thing that's happened to me, not once. No one's going to appreciate that story? No, no, I, Can you imagine like her looking for that? Later on, like right? it just disappears. And thankfully, it was a deal where we had no idea which kid it was because there was thirty kids getting dressed at the same time. You know what I mean? Like if it would have come out of a kid's coat and I would have seen it, I would have had to have done something about trying to return that. Yeah, probably better for both the kid and you that you guys didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a like an HR school like intervention type thing. Oh my god! Or dealing with the that culprit of a parent that. That, that it would have been the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to that parent and the kid yeah, the, the kid, kid would sure. be scarred for life oh, i get way worse the, for the, the kids. kids don't know any better well yeah your your age wouldn't know any better but it was really funny in the ice house so my uh, similar kind of weird thing that uh my dad and always do it and this started a while ago he when i was a kid he caught a net while lindy rigging because he drags the bottom constantly it's more like i call it dredging when he fishes lindy rigs because he catches everything he caught a net one day and he brings it up he's like get a fish get a fish right standing joke get a fish yeah because he caught a net because he caught a net yeah (laughs) i get it i get it i thought it was funny well years later i caught a net on the it was sitting on the surface and i cast it in and and hooked it and what did i say get a fish get a fish because you caught a net but i've actually never bought a net I've caught, you just keep finding them I up? caught three of them so far in my lifetime. So nets are like your anti-bizarro uh, uh, ice augers. You yeah, destroy just, augers, I, and then you just get nets for free. Yeah, I have. Uh, all the, I mean, I found one in the side of the road. I found, I've caught two. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, I, I, think I, that's, I don't think that's cost-effective with no. the amount of augers you've blown up. Let's not talk about yeah, it, augers. It, you're, not, you're definitely not positive there. But still a net game. Still a net game. All right. It is a net game. <laughs> Kenny, Jake, oh, I get it, I get it. That was a good one. Tommy for the win. Tommy doesn't have a microphone on this episode. Dang it. He needed to have been on the air for that one. All right, you guys got anything? Best prank. Not about pranks, really. I don't... uh, you're all business. I'm all business. You get up and move when you can't catch fish. I mean, my wife, uh, I mean, she's awesome, but, like, when I go fishing, I'm going fishing. I... Yeah, it's it's all business until we get off off the lake or, you know, stop fishing or. Well, I think this year with your brand new Yeti house, you should go out there and when your wife's distracted, hook a pair of your boxers onto her line, and see what happens. <laughs> I will have plenty of opportunities. That that uh, that's a great idea. It'll probably it'll probably something along those lines will probably happen. Yeah, that's awesome, Kenny. No, between my buddies or family, it's pretty serious. If if we're not catching anything, we're moving. Gosh, so. you guys have not done enough sleeper houses. Well, you guys also must not fish enough because I do. No, I mean. here's my question to you guys. Have you ever lost something down the hole and then fished it back out? You are reading my notes, I think, Kenny, because that was going to be the next question. Most okay. expensive thing dropped on the hole. So that's a good question. Okay. Now, no, I've never recovered anything that went down the hole. John? Uh, I Well, I dropped my phone in the lake and recovered it. 
And that was but open that was water. five feet of water. Five feet of water. And it was open water. Yes. Yeah. Jacob? Unfortunately, I've fallen victim to Red Lake. There's a iPhone, uh, I don't know, probably iPhone 6 sitting out of Boondocks Landing in about, uh, I don't know, probably eight feet of water. Two of my cell phones are on the bottom of Maple Lake, almost on top of each other, and they happen two years apart. I mean, that's what insurance is for. I, I would hope at this point. My Wouldn't, wife. You would fun. think that I would have insurance. I do now, thankfully. But my wife actually, after I did that, went out and bought one of those clear plastic cases. It's like a rectangle that. And they float? It's like a dry bag, yeah. but for your phone. She's like, yeah, you can keep this around your neck. I mean, and the, I can't say I've ever used it. They make something that I've seen. It's like. It's almost like a credit card that is the size of your iPhone, your phone case, and there's a little tether that comes out by your charging port, and you clip it onto your jacket, so it's like constantly, like tethers. It's like one of the old like janitor key yes, rings. Exactly. That, like, is exactly. it like having little lanyards on your gloves as a little kid? There you <laughs> go. Little strings. So you <laughs> That's can't probably the most appropriate analogy. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Kenny, have you recovered? Absolutely. Woke up to uh, hear he. Uh, my father on Red Lake, I believe, going, oh, blank, and a plop. And uh, he was looking for his light and glasses. He found his glasses, thank goodness, but uh, the light was a Gander Mountain headlamp that you would use for camping. Mm -hmm. Next morning, we wake up, and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this fell down the hole. We were getting ready to leave, and I took a, a jig and wrap. And I jigged it right out of the hole. You got and, it. Oh, yeah. 15 feet of water. Jigged it right out. And day later, we flipped it on. Still worked. Still worked Still for worked. probably six years. Wow. That's and impressive. It, absolutely. I, I will 100% buy a, one of those Gander lights again. Cheap $15 ones. <laughs> I think I've got, I think I've got the, the story for this one, too. Well, my dad caught an ice rod while ice fishing through Did the he? hole. He drilled a new spot, dropped it down. He's like, hey, I got something. Brings up an ice rod. Jig and all, it must have been pulled off. I don't, I don't even know how it worked. But it was actually, it must have only been in there for like one or two days. Yeah, because it was still clean, still cleanish. Has Kelsey lost anything? I yeah, no. My dad didn't let us go ice fishing after we were little. We'd, <laughs> me and my brother would end up fighting, and we'd push each other around, and then we'd get covered in cold water, and then we'd complain the whole time. So I'm not allowed to go ice fishing <laughs> anymore. I mean, Kenny lost two rods too that he still hasn't recovered. I mean, that's good point. just to kind of rub that. That's in. good. Back yeah. to I go back to that story. Yeah, it it still hurts today. So my most expensive trip, and it was the the trip from what I call hell. I went out on leech on a four wheeler, and it was glare ice. And we're going, and it was one of those glare ice where the ice wasn't real smooth, so it was jagged. So everything is just getting jarred, and and I, at the time I had one of those old single mantle coleman lanterns yep. mm -hmm. i don't know what happened but something punctured the bottom of that lantern <laughs> and so i had white gas that just oozed all over my otter sled <laughs> and then somehow the box that it was in tipped over and shattered all the glass in there so now i have white gas and glass swishing around in there for god knows how long like two and a half hours open it up and i'm like there's so much junk there's so much glass and i found out the white gas actually went into my jig case ate all the paint off of all my jigs this is and it wasn't a few jigs it was a lot of jigs 
And it also soaked my wallet in white gas. And what I found out about an hour later, white gas eats credit cards. Hmm. So it destroyed my credit cards. I had $50 cash. I threw all of the stuff, all my jigs, everything down the ice hole. I just kept throwing stuff down there. I was so frustrated, <laughs> all this glass. But then I couldn't use my heater for the rest of the day because it was filled with gas fumes. That sounds like a bad time. It was not, not a fun day. So my story is it happened up on Mille Lacs last year. And I think I've told this already on the podcast once before. But we were in a sleeper house that we had rented. My family does a, a one trip a year where we all rent sleeper houses. And we were out of Twin Pines. And my brother, my younger brother, Mickey, had uh, a new gun. He had just bought a new Glock, a Glock uh, 43. 26. 26. 26. 40 cal, small version. No, it's or, a 9 mil. 9, nine, nine mil. mil. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So he had that, and I'm like, oh, let me take a look at that. So I, I was checking it out and looking at it, and I handed it back to him. And instead of putting the holster back on his belt, he set it on the cot next to him on his on his black jacket. He put the black holster with the black gun on his black jacket on the cot next to him. And two hours later, it was time to go into into Twin Pines to get some food. food and... He reaches for his jacket, and all of a sudden, we all hear the plop. And it's very obvious what just went down the hole. His brand-new Glock, full mag, down 25 feet in Lake Mille Lacs. <laughs> that was a bad day. That He did not feel good about that. No, that's that's a well, probably at the time it was a $450 loss. But right Absolutely. now, with the current economic situation, it's probably a $700 loss. So we, we went to... Uh, the next morning, we drove into Garrison. No, I'm sorry. We actually had to drive all the way to Baxter to the Fleet Farm. That's a that's a haul. It's a drive. We went into Baxter and we got the two strongest magnets we could find, and we went back out there with rope and magnets, and uh, just pounded pounded the bottom, and never recovered it. And we finally got a camera down there. We should have. What we should have done is put the camera down first. Yeah, we didn't. You probably threw so much dust. And we crap. didn't have a camera initially, and and so it was impossible for us to to see. But he, they were impatient to get the gun back. And when we finally put the camera down, we had created like a four foot hole of just, and it was probably three feet diameter of just pounding these five pound magnets down this hole nonstop. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Now he has since gone out and taken scuba diving lessons. And the plan is to go out and try to recover that gun. That's not a probably a cost-effective solution. His his theory was that if the Sukupa lessons were less than the value of the gun, it was worth it. Okay, that's legit. And they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. They, the scuba lessons are expensive. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I've got my scuba certification. Well, I should have hired you. Uh, well, you, would you pay for the rental of uh, equipment? I mean, I wouldn't pay for any of it. It wasn't my gun. Well, but. I, or... I'd pay for the rental and I'd dive down. Did yeah. he do the brotherly thing and blame you because you touched it last? You know, there was no blame passed around, which was pretty remarkable. I was going to say, because if it was my brother, we would have been fighting in two seconds and probably been in, you know, rolling around in the snow. For the entire weekend, we kept looking under the bed thinking maybe it just fell under under the bed. It did not. No, it went down that hole. So <laughs> note for this coming season, don't put 
the same colored holster and gun on top of a jacket for you? It seriously doesn't make any difference. It, it, we've talked about this before, that if something falls and you're ice fishing, it's going to fall down the hole. Doesn't matter where you it's are. It's the magnet of the hole. It's just gonna it's gonna go down that hole for for whatever reason. You remember the the giant like Ronald McDonald funnels as kids, and you throw a quarter in yeah, and spin it yeah, around. Yeah, that's what an ice fishing is like. Mm-hmm. It, no matter where you drop that quarter in, it is going down that. It's going hole. down that hole, and it's like it, literally, it's a one inch, you know, a one percent of this floor plan, but it's going down. It's that going hole. down. It doesn't matter. All right, next question. Sleeper house. You just picked up your your Yeti, okay? Yep. So sleeper house. You rent a sleeper house. Someone's got to get top bunk. Someone's got to be on the top, okay? The person on the top, should they be in charge of the temperature or should the person on the bottom bunk be in charge of the temperature? Well, if it's me, it's going to be 45 degrees in there, so I'm, I can't be ruled in for this one at all. <laughs> I love it so super cold when I fish. So, you you guys have experienced this before, where you're in a bunk bed in a sleeper house, and the top bunk is 170 degrees, and the bottom bunk is making ice. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. I think the I think the correct answer is uh, the wife controls the temperature. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> in, your, in your situation, I think she's going to control the temperature. Uh, but if it's you know if it's all of us in a in a house, I think the top guy controls the, the temperature top yeah i uh i've we've all been in that situation sweating I mean, to death there, at night both of those both of them are bad right being the the guy on top who, who cannot cool off is not a good feeling but trying to sleep when it is below freezing like i sleep with a cpap and i've had it before where i've woken up because my cpap is frozen that uh, sounds awful because and the guy on top is like it's so hot <laughs> You At could that just point, have you got to switch spots. Yes. You could just have him pipe up air, you know, just run your hose up to the top. <laughs> I think maybe the correct answer is to just get a fan. And just circulate. Just circulate circulation, yeah. I, I mean, Jacob, you've probably not slept in too many cold nights in your, your new house, but I, they have to be better than what they used to be. I mean, I remember going on a sleeper when I was a little kid, and it was basically a death trap on Mille Lacs. Like, it was... It was just a propane heater. It wasn't anything fancy. It was just basically an open flame. And then the stove was propane in the house. You could feel the wind go through it every two seconds. Yeah. Um, And we actually bought a fan, too. Smart. Smart. A a pedestal fan, one that oscillates. It's like a three-foot-tall one. Mm -hmm. And that actually fits perfectly on one of our shelves. And it'll, I mean, in theory... um, you know, it'll rotate all that and circulate all that air enough to move some things around, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, I mean, just technology-wise too, um, I'm sure that houses have been vented and things move a lot nicer than those old skid houses oh. that we all all remember. And those resort houses are are usually pretty well insulated, but boy, those top bunks get hot. It's yeah. Tough. Well, they just—I mean—all that hot air rises, and you're yeah. sitting on an ice cube. Yes. Absolutely. All right, I only got one more. I only got one more question. Actually, last year I fished out of a house that was made out of clear plastic. It was like a. I, I, it was in Canada, but that it was about right. <laughs> it was made out of like clear plastic, and it was super warm. And so, like, had a greenhouse effect. Yeah, it was really weird. It was unbelievably cold outside, but the house was warm, and it was like 
light in there at all times. I'm sure, yeah. So it was like the snow would reflect, and it was very bright the whole time you were fishing. It was very, very cool. Was it a sleeper house? No, it was just like a skid house, but it was it was kind of just an interesting setup. I was going to say it'd be kind of kind of weird to be sleeping in a clear house. Yeah, and because it was the the way the I don't know however the insulation worked, but it was it let light in. It was the only house I've ever seen like it. Hmm. That's interesting. Even if it was homemade, it was still really cool to fish. It off. worked. It worked yeah, well. It worked great. I mean, you're in Canada. There's probably no one around you. Yeah, there is that too. Yeah. Well, you get your own personal privacy of about a three mile square radius. <laughs> okay. So last question, at least my last question. I don't know if any of you guys got questions. Okay. You're on a trip and it doesn't have to be a long trip, but you're out fishing and let's say it's not panfish. Okay. Let's exclude panfish. Maybe you want to put panfish in later. I don't know. You're out fishing bass, walleye, pike, lake trout, whatever. Would you rather catch a bunch of not really big fish or one trophy fish? Are we going to say four? Like, okay. Let's, my, say, let's say it's like a full day of fishing. Are you with people that are inexperienced or not? No, it's, this is for you. Just my, myself. This is what would you want? Okay. Trophy fish. You would take one trophy I would fish. take one trophy fish over Absolutely. catching a bunch of fish. And is that, one trophy is fish. that for all species? Yes. Really? I can't say of one. I can't say of one species that I wouldn't want to catch one trophy. I agree okay. with John. Okay. One trophy. I mean, I, 18 inch crappie, right? I've seen one caught in my entire life. Would I take that as one fish I caught that one day? Absolutely. So you know that you're not going to catch a single fish besides one 18 inch crappie? Yep. I would take it. I would fish all day for that one 18 inch crappie. Okay. Okay. And you're, you agree with that, Kenny? I'll I'll take a sixteen inch crappie. Yeah, I mean my best I mean, my is fifteen pers- five. Yeah, my my best is fourteen. So I'll take a sixteen inch crappie just all day. Mm-hmm. Um, even for a walleye, I mean thirty inches. Thirty is a tough mark to hit. Exactly. My be- my personal best is twenty four. You so, can do better than that. It, absolutely. I mean, I fish waters that are prime for yeah for it. But you got to get you a bigger walleye than that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jacob. What do you think? I think I'm with John on this one. I think I'm. Uh, I'll hold out all day for a trophy caliber fish. Um, I and I think that goes along. I don't know if it comes with age or or whatnot, but um, I like eating fish. I don't eat a lot of fish anymore, um, but I will wait all day for that trophy fish. I I love catching fish, but I think it's about the time spent on the water and and yeah, just. I mean, I don't need to catch a lot of fish, but one mm-hmm. trophy fish in a 24-hour period, if we're out, seal the deal for me all day long. And sure. it doesn't matter what species. I, I think that's a evolution of the fisherman. Um, Larry Dahlberg talked about this, and I might have this a little bit wrong, but the basic gist of it, you know, when you're young, you want to just catch fish. You don't care what they are. And then you, you kind of evolve, and then you want to catch fish like a certain species you you want to go for bluegills you want to catch bluegills and then you kind of hit that third phase and you want to catch fish the way you want to catch fish so it's like for me musky fishing when i was a kid was all right you know you did it but it wasn't fun now it's like i'll go out all day and see two fowls and i'm I'm perfectly happy with not catching a fish and just being out on the water Mm -hmm. and my kid is he's still in that first phase he just wants to catch fish he doesn't care what they are how big they are 
And part of me is starting to slide a little bit backwards on that. And I, I mean, I'm still a trophy fisherman, but if I'm with him, I want to see him happy. Just the action. Yeah. But I, it's like, I don't even need to fish like that. I just see him catch fish and mm-hmm. I'm happier. Yeah. I know that I, c- I can feel myself moving more towards that goal of catching the bigs. Like for me, I'm, I like to bass fish most. So if I'm. You mean oh, grass carp? Yeah, sure. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but I used to be, you know, if I could catch 20 fish in an outing, I'd be so happy, even if they were 20, 12-inch fish, right? And now I'm getting more to the point where it just it gets a little boring after a while, you know, catching the same size over and over and over again, where if I can hit a five-pounder, a five that's that's what I want, even if it's just one, you know? And, if you, of course, if you can catch more than one, that's amazing. But... But now, how long have you really been hardcore into fishing, too? Less time than you have. You know, I mean, like, I I grew up, I mean, I spent my summers at my grandparents up in Niswa. And no joke, I probably fished four hours a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every day for the entire summer. And probably four hours is a pretty s- small time frame. I remember being in the boat long enough, and I, I was... I wasn't that old. I was maybe 12. And they just let me go with a 16-foot Lund with a 50 horse. And they basically, as long as I had gas, I could go somewhere. Yeah. So I learned real quick that you use an electric trolling motor all the time. Because mm-hmm. I would run out of gas by day two, and I'd be like, well, this, this is a bummer. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've been into fishing seriously for probably the last seven years. So not not nearly as long as you have. Yeah. And I can feel that desire to catch the big fish more i can feel that but i it it is satisfying to go out and catch a whole mess of fish too it is i mean sometimes just constant action is it's fun and i think it really depends on who you're with but for me just alone trophy caliber fish are where it's at you know that's why i go to ontario or i go to you know kind of hit or miss lakes i'll go to some real small ponds trying to find that one crappie that's a monster or that one bluegill that's a monster um, I did five lakes in a row this year, five days where I picked a different lake that had good reports and only one was a winner. So, But I will say I have absolutely zero interest in getting skunked. You know, no. if, if I'm, if I'm want a big fish and I don't catch any fish, that's not okay. Have you ever been skunked? I guess that's the next good question. I, it's very, it does not happen very often. Once a season? Twice a season? Yeah, maybe once a season. Once a season? And when it happens, it is not a good feeling. Do you, do you, like, I throw fits of rage. It's awful. It's a terrible feeling. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a four-year-old kid and your Lego house breaks. You're just losing your mind. Kelsey, would you rather have a stable with ten donkeys or one black stallion? <laughs> <laughs> You're a horse girl. <laughs> Okay, um, I, well, I don't know. The donkeys get really annoying. They can be really annoying, but they're also have a lot of personality. But All I right, think 10 ponies. 14, okay, t- oh. 10 ponies, ten dude. Ponies I would take 10 ponies. Oh, yeah, one sea biscuit? I, I don't know. What's a sea biscuit? I don't know. The little mini ponies are really cute. So Yeah, and I definitely. have a four year old daughter. I would take the ponies all day long. Yeah, like all the little. Kids so I guess this family. doesn't translate to horses. Is the same. Dan, this was <laughs> a bad analogy. <laughs> I was just trying to involve Kelsey. 
She doesn't fish. Well, well, how about this? Let's let's rephrase it. Kelsey does some fishing. Would she rather catch fish all day or catch one trophy fish? Okay, so for you, Kelsey, who don't you don't fish very often, would you rather go out and catch a whole bunch of little fish or would you rather catch one big fish? I think it really depends on the day. Like, if I'm feeling really impatient, I am not going to want to sit out there and fish for one fish. But if I'm, like, content and, like, the weather's good and I'm like, well, this is open water, not ice fishing. Um, If the weather's good and everything and I'm just hanging out and it's, like, a nice day, I can easily just do one, like, trophy fish. But I would probably rather get more fish. I think it'd be... It, no. Yeah, it really depends on the day, I would say. I have to agree with her a lot on that one. That was actually a profound statement because she doesn't, she has none of this fishing block that we all have. Like, it's like we've been through so many scenarios. But if it's nice out, I could care less if I'm catching fish. I just would rather be sitting there on the boat and enjoying it. Being alone on the water, not having to worry about something, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. That's why I have rod holders and children, so I can just put their fishing rods in the rod holders. I sit alone. <laughs> not, not with the kids. I want, I want some daddy time. Just to recharge and yes, just clear your mind. Exactly. I think I got one last question. Yes. Um, Let's hear if it. You had to, if you had to pick a fish to fish for the rest of your life, one fish, one species, what would you fish for? Bass for me. Easy. 100%. Large mouth or small mouth? It doesn't matter. Do I, do I have to pick a, a sure, subspecies? Uh, sure. It, whatever you want. Well, if you're making me pick a subspecies, I don't want to. But a min- I, How about a Minnesota species? Well, I mean, you, you the only one you can't catch in Minnesota is... There's not a lot of spotted bass in Minnesota. I would take bass. Bass? How about you, John? Ooh, that's a really hard question. I, I mean, we I, know the answer. I probably have to say walleye. Of course, I, it, I, but a close second would probably have to be bluegills. What? I, wow! I have a really soft spot for bluegills, and the, it's been the last five years where I don't. Something fell apart in my brain, where like big walleyes. I mean, they. It's, it's cool, right? Yeah, but it's almost like big bluegills is more of a challenge. I feel like. Catching a 28-inch walleye is a really big fish, but catching an 11.5-inch bluegill is a super rare big fish in the same category. And there's so few lakes with those giant bluegills, and it's almost like a quest. Um, At least the lakes I fish in, a 28-inch walleye is not as rare as it was 10 years ago. Now, I still think there's less walleyes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had you pinned at Lakers. I mean, well, was, I, I would, but the whole I knew he of, was a walleye guy. availability of Lakers is just, I only know of five drivable in a day trip Lakers. Other, I mean, if Lake Superior freezes, I'll be up there a couple a couple times just because I really want to catch one out of Lake Superior. But You watch out for him, though. He's becoming a bass guy. Yeah, that's just because it's... Because you can catch him. You can catch him. Yeah. And even when it's sunny. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, your kid goes, let's go fishing, Dad. You put on a wacky rig and suck it up and catch bass. Though I caught And there's the- no fish you can buy more junk for. The no. amount of tackle and gear you can buy for bass fishing, and you like to buy gear. I am a gear junkie. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Dan turned me on was wacky rigging. I thought it was the dumbest thing on the planet. 
and it literally has changed my kid's game where he can catch bass all the time. Thank you, Larry Hansen, yeah. Larry Hansen Outdoors, for teaching me the wacky rig. It's it's a, a stupid easy way to catch fish, and you catch a lot of fish. It, it's I. It doesn't make sense. It works though. It's perfect. It literally, you're throwing a stick as. Someone coined it as the mustache worm, and I think that <laughs> is a much that's, better term for it. That is very it. accurate. Because it looks like a little mustache floating through the, or sinking through the water. <laughs> All right, Jacob, what about you? I think I'm going to have to chase panfish. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you made me pick a species. Come yeah, on. you can't just say you can't uh, say fish. Uh, I would say game fish then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With asterisks to lakers yeah. and walleyes. I'll probably pick bluegills. What? Both of you? I mean, yeah. over crappies? I, didn't, I did not know. They're... See, crappies are just, at least the last couple of years, it's just been, you know, it's hit or miss for crappies. Bluegills, oh it's like, gosh, you should I... find consistent bites. Yeah, I don't fish. I mean, I'll fish for crappies every once in a while. I think I fished for crappies two days last year on my short season before we had a kid. Wow. But the season before that... I mean, I'll fish walleyes probably till maybe mid-January, and then it's all bluegills, and it's just taken over. Um, it's, it's you can buy like bass. I mean, you can buy all sorts of tungstens, tackle, uh, plastics. I mean, and you can carry it all in your pocket. I mean, it's and yeah, I don't know. Two years ago, I, I hooked into eleven, and that got me like. That was the ticket, and it, it a I legit big bluegill is special. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I mean, if you have that bluegill craze and you're crazy about it and you're nutty for it, and I mean, some people will get it, but my wife just doesn't get it. And I mean, I don't blame her, but it, yeah, Not it's yet. just something. She doesn't get it yet. It's just something about those big gills that is, uh Okay. All right. Two for bluegill. Interesting. Kenny, what about you? I guess I'm going to have to say uh, small river, smallmouth. And and, and by small river, I mean I grew up fishing the Rum River. The Mississippi doesn't really interest me at all. I mean, you Mm. can catch plenty of 20-plus inch on the Mississippi, but you hit the Rum River, Snake River, or Crow River, or something like that. You know, catching something over 20 is really difficult. And that's what drives me. I like that. I like the bass. I like the bass. Good Gra- question. Gra- asterisk with grass carp. You're you are enough of a, a fan of bass fishing that I'm fine with you calling them a grass carp. I bought my own boat after having my own boat for a long time, um, and bass fishing just became part of it. And you went up to your lake with your dad and convinced your dad that you should stop walleye fishing to bass fish. Yeah, because it, we found out once you stop walleye fishing, you start catching walleyes bass fishing. Yeah, they're I the same. They're Twenty-eight the same inch walleye on a Ned rig, and I've caught quite a few on mustache worms. Bass are fun; they're the best. I think Kelsey's probably the tiebreaker on this one. We're, yeah, right? we're two okay. and two. Oh, two I have and a two. way different one. I don't know if it's just because I don't fish enough and I'm inexperienced. I don't know. I like to fish for pike. You're wrong. Yeah. Nope. She's nope. Wrong. See, I figured. <laughs> Incorrect. Otherwise, <laughs> I know a lot. Of, I my my cousin, he's uh, he fishes pike all the time. That's all he fishes. 
pike are the are just the nuisance fish of bass fishermen. Yeah, my dad literally hates that I like to fish for that because he always there's like a lot of times where I'm like I can't get it off, and then he has to take it off, and, and it's it, just it, not it, happening. There's no way that you're not going to get stinky and slimy, mm-hmm. and it's going to be all over your boat. And now a big pike is a really fun fish to catch. Mm-hmm. It definitely is, and, and you know the best way to catch pike, right? You put on the most expensive walleye lure you own. <laughs> you throw it out there with mono, and you will catch and every they're, part. They're there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They crush it. No, I, I can't. Yeah, pike. Pike can be a lot of fun, but boy, it's whenever I'm bass fishing. If I catch a pike, I just get so frustrated. Uh, have you ever had one smoke a to- topwater frog, and yeah. they just perforate it and they wreck just your just twelve dollars bro frog? It's like. Come Why on. are you here? Or you try to get it away from him because you see him dart out of the weeds. Yeah. Um, I had a pike hit a planer board a few years ago. Hit the actual board before the lure. That the, was crazy. The angriest I've ever seen someone get when catching a pike was on Winnipeg last year. A guy, we were, I, we were ice fishing, and he caught like a 42-inch pike. And I, he thought that he set the Manitoba record for walleye. Well, yeah, because it he would th- feel like a 17-pound walleye. <laughs> he thought that he had just caught a 37-inch walleye, and he got that pike to the surface. I've never seen someone more angry to catch a 42-inch pike. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that because if you th- – I don't know. Sometimes when you think it's a big walleye and you – And it's a pike. And it's a pike, you're like, ah, oh, this was frustrating. I caught a 39 uh, last 4th of July that I thought was a big walleye. And I got it up. I mean, I was pretty excited how big of a pike it was, but it was a little disheartening. I thought it was a 32-inch walleye. I hooked a, a carp on Minnetonka wacky rigging, and I thought that I Why was the, a carp out there? <laughs> I thought I had the state record wall, but, but, uh, smallmouth, or largemouth, excuse me. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, this is a 13-pound largemouth bass. Freaking carp. I was so angry. You ever notice that some of those big, like Minnetonka, Gull, the big, real popular lakes that are clear have gigantic, gigantic carp. carp. I know Gull has some that they're like the size of the table that we're all sitting around. You go to Maynard's restaurant on Minnetonka, and people sit there on the docks and feed feed those carp. And there's, it's, it's they're huge, they're gross, and they don't. It doesn't make sense what they eat. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Cheetos and bologna and French fries you and could, whatever from the you restaurant. Could put, you could put a, a, a minnow right next to them. No interest. Well, why would you eat a minnow when you had a Swiss cake roll or a Cheeto that people are <laughs> dropping down there? I mean, I'm, I'm That's not a that fair dumb. point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Awesome. Well, you know, I think this has been a good episode. We had a chance to do a little shop talk. It's been good to get the people who, you know, do the, the hard, dirty work here at Tuned Up to, to get a chance to come in and talk about their role and Thank you, Johnny. Shout out to Johnny for sending me that list. And, of course, since the podcast was entirely his idea, which being able to say this now is enough that he gets enough credit, uh, it's been been good to go through the list. So thank you guys for coming out. Kelsey, thanks for sitting through this. Yeah, it's okay, you guys. Your orders might be a little behind now. I've got to give it another week. Totally. We took took 45 minutes out of your schedule. Mm -hmm. Kenny, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Jacob, it's good to have you. As always, thanks, guys. All right, this has been another episode of The Iceman. We look forward to uh, putting out another show in the next week. And, uh, again, check us on our socials on The Iceman Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for latest up-to-date information about our episodes and our uh, Guess the Ice date that we have going on as well. And uh, we look forward to hearing you on another episode. Thanks for tuning in.